You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. I got, I, got, um, I got my Madonna mic on this morning. I don't know what to do with my hands, though. I'm like, I don't know. If you see me, like, doing this, I don't have an imaginary lightsaber, all right? I just, it's just, I'm, I normally do this, so. Uh, but I'm going I'm to do a little bit of teaching this morning, if that's all right. Uh, it's, it's, it's my previous career. And who knows that, that the calling that God places on our life is, is not necessarily just a career, but career can be a context, in which we outwork it, and sometimes God says, you know that calling you've got? Well, let's shift the context. Now, that's what he did with me, and so I was a teacher, now I'm a pastor, and uh, I love it. I love this church. I love what God is doing in it. Uh, I love what our senior ministers, Pastor Keith and Janet, have, have done the last 24 years in establishing, building, uh, spearheading what this church is in our city. And uh, I tell you, we should never, ever... Uh, stop thanking those that lead us. Um, we should never stop honoring those that go before us, uh, the sacrifice that has been laid down. Um, yeah, so I, I will always be honoring of Pastor Keith and Janet and all they've done uh, in our city because the platform I stand on today is because of these guys. Um, you can give them a round of applause. The other reality while we're in Vision Month is that the platform I stand on today is is actually because of people's giving. It's because people have believed in the vision that God has given to our senior ministers and and they have gone, you know what, I want to be a part of this. I I don't want to just say, oh, I'm with you in spirit. No, I'm with you tangibly. My my treasure and my heart are connected with you. And so I'm going to give in to what you believe God is doing in and through this church. And and I want to commend every person who has given uh, from $1 through to however much you've been able to, to see the vision of this church come to fulfillment. Uh, I'm telling you, over the last 20 years, what people have facilitated of the kingdom of God in this place, in multiple campuses right around our city, in our center now, uh, is, is uh, it, it's, 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 I, I think it's credited to the account of those that have said, you know what, I'm not just going to sit on the side, I'm in this. I'm in this. And uh, so thank you. Uh, as Pastor Simo said, you guys are incredibly generous. Uh, let's give each other a round of applause. Come on. Sometimes you need to give yourself a clap, I reckon. Just wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, give yourself a clap. Um, I don't know about you. Sometimes I get up, look in the mirror, and I'm just like, get stuffed. This is not happening today. I don't know, it's just some, some days it's like that. And then so when it's not, it's good to like, hey, yes, come on. You, you got this. I say that to myself in the mirror. You got this. Hey, um, I want to just welcome all our visitors this morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for making the decision uh, to come to church. Um, church is not a building. Church is our community. Uh, church is our family. There's all these people that gather together because we believe God's real. Uh, we believe he loves us. Uh, we believe that as we follow him and, and lean into him and have a relationship with him, we're going to be able to live the best life that he's planned for us. It's going to have ups and downs, but he's going to be with us in it. And because of that, it's going to be the best. Um, so thanks for being here. I hope you have a really incredible time in our service. And uh, my name's Nate. 
uh, and along with my beautiful wife, who was singing this morning, there she is, uh, we are now the lead pastors uh, of uh, C3 Victory under our senior ministers, and we count that as an incredible, incredible privilege uh, and a real blessing from God to be able to do that. But this morning, we want to open up uh, the Word of God. We want to open up the Bible and, and, and be like, God, what are you saying to us this morning in this season? What do you have for my life um, this morning? So if you have a Bible, I am, I am going to just for one week of Vision Month, move slightly away from Proverbs, if that's all right, if that's okay. I, I hope that you've uh, gleaned a lot out of that Proverbs scripture the last few weeks. But I want to go to Nehemiah. And I know we, we were in Nehemiah early in the year, I know that. Um, but God's been speaking to me this week out of Nehemiah. And I really feel to bring it this morning as we wrap up Vision Month and really celebrate V groups celebrate uh, the power that they they have in the journey we do as as people in relationship with God. And so I want to I want to jump into Nehemiah chapter one, uh, right at the start, verses one to three. Uh, Nehemiah 1, 1 to 3. And if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. It's going to be up on the screen for you. There it is. Uh, and hopefully it's nice and big. You guys can read that. It says, these are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakalia. Just go with it with confidence. In late autumn, uh, in, the, in the month of Kislev, who's, who's happy we have June and not Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, uh, Simon and Jess, it's a great name, um, I was at the fortress of Susa. Han and I, one of my brothers, Han and I, there's another one, uh, Han and I came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going, to the, going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well. For those who returned to the province of Judah, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Okay, let's just pray for a second, can we? Father, I thank you that you're here. God, I thank you that this is your word. Yes, written by, by humans, but God, totally inspired by you. And I thank you that this morning you're going to speak to us through it. Pray you speak into our soul, speak into our mind, our spirit. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you right now for every sport team in Newcastle, male and female. God, I pray we'd be a city that is great at sport. I just pray that, that we would have many, many wins, that we'd be celebrating all the time. Uh, it's just, that's fun. God, I thank you. Amen. Amen. Please don't get so religious that we can't pray fun stuff, yeah? Um, prayer is powerful, but prayer is talking to our Father in Heaven also. Um, and I love sport, and, and my Father in Heaven knows that. You know, he knows I love sport, and he's quite happy if I pray about it. Um, and, and thank you for those of you who remind me that I do just pray for the Jets and the Knights, and there are more sport teams in our city than that. I will try to remember. So we've been in an incredible series around our vision, around where we believe God is taking our church. And we opened it up week one, uh, Pastor Keith shared about our vision is it's time, but really uh, we focused on the fact that it's our time, uh, that this is a vision that we are all a part of, that we all have a place, and that we are here, not individually, but together for such a time as this. Um, and he shared out of Esther, and it was powerful. It set us on a track for the whole of Vision Month. And then we, we talked about the fact that vision is not sight. 
that it's not what we see in the natural that we're talking about. It's what God has placed within us that we can see that where he, where he is taking us. And it's the thing that is within us that we hold on to in the seasons where we can't see it tangibly in front of us. But we are convinced by faith that, there, that he is moving us towards that space. And so we shouldn't confuse vision and sight. And then, then we talked about the fact that, that so often when we do take a step towards the vision, fog rolls in in our life. But actually, fog has a function. And the function of fog is to cause us to lean into God, not necessarily into the destination. And so that as we do the journey towards the vision, what we actually do is deepen our relationship with Jesus, not just arrive at some place in the future of our lives. And so fog has a function. And last week, the, 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 the week in which uh, we kind of came to this climactic point in Vision Month and, and, and put the big ask to you who call this community home that you would give into financially seeing uh, the attributes, the practical attributes of the vision come to pass. And Pastor Keith talked about the empowering nature of finance and how it can actually release the work of the kingdom. Um, and that, that was powerful. And, and I know that uh, Pastor Simmel has already said this, but Gosh, you guys are generous. You guys are amazing. I don't know if you know this, but cumulatively, uh, in one week, you guys have, have we, we, are, we are close, we're so close to seeing 100% of the, the, the finance that we need to see the vision roll out actually be pledged. And I want to just, uh, from our staff, our pastors, so thank you, thank you. Um, that's incredible. And we will have an opportunity after the service for those who weren't able uh, or weren't prepared. You wanted to pray another week. Um, God was telling you to give a bit more and you were like, get behind me, Satan. Um, that's okay. That's yours and God's conversation. This week, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, and if you want to put a title on this morning's message, I'm going I'm to title it, We All Have Walls. We All Have Walls. And... Uh, it's the truth, right? It's the truth in our lives. We all have walls. Um, some are good. Some are not so good. But we all have them, and, and we actually need to have a bit of an awareness about them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say, can you please lean in now, sit on the edge of your seat? This is, this is the Word of God. Uh, this is not just a pre-prepared TED Talk. This is not just a nice bit of public. This is the Word of God. It has power in our lives. Um, and, and I believe we receive, uh, what we receive is, is based upon the posture in which we lean into the Word. Uh, we can read it to tick a box, or we can lean into it like it's, like it's the last meal we're going to have, and we need it. Um, and that's, on, that's, that's a posture we take. I want to tell a story this morning. Um, you guys were very generous in your feedback last couple of weeks. You love hearing about my life and mine and Rachel's life. And so I'm going to try to tell you more stories. But um, there was a time in, in our marriage uh, where we bought a puppy. Um, and for those of you who have been around our house, you would know we no longer have that puppy. Um, it's, it's because it, had the carnal, it committed the carnal sin of playing with my chickens and it did that twice, and it did not end well for the chickens, and so now it has not ended well for the puppy. Um, and so he's gone on an extended vacation to my mum's place, uh, and he's now become very attached to that family, and so now it's their dog, not ours. But originally it was ours, and we bought it as a little puppy, as a little Labrador cross with cavoodle thing. Yep, I'm getting the nod, got, this, got, this, got the things right. And I remember when we got it, we lived in a property that had no fences at all, right? We're like, cool, yeah, like how hard can putting a fence in be to keep our puppy inside? And 
Um, so we, we got this fence put in, and I remember being like, look, I'm not going to pay for someone to paint the fence. I will paint the fence. It cannot be difficult. It must be easy. They're panels. They're straight. How hard can it be to paint a fence? Um, it was a little picket fence, and it was surprisingly long, I will be honest. But I was like, I'm going to save some money. I'm going to paint the fence. So we knew we had our cousins coming up, um, and they were about like they would have been, I don't know, six, eight, and ten at the time, I think. And, and so they were coming up, so I'm like, fantastic, slave labor. Um, I'll, I'll give them a brush. They can't do anything wrong at all. <laughs> wow. And, um, yeah, anyway, we went, and went to Bunnings, as you do. Uh, I have, a, like, a weekly trip to Bunnings. It's great. Saturday morning, go in. I don't often need anything. I just like wandering around. What, what might I need? If I decided to do that job that's on my list, what would I need to do that with? Uh, anyway, we bought... Uh, who knows, like, when you go to Bunnings, you actually never buy the best product. Um, like, for some reason, you always go, wow, that's... But there's one here that's much cheaper. I'm going to get this one, right? So, so here I am thinking, I don't, I don't want to paint. I'm going to get a spray gun. I've heard spray gun painting is really good, right? I'm like, this is the quick way to paint. And, and so I bought this cheap as, like, spray gun. I didn't even have a compressor or anything with it. It was just like, it was like a pump action. And um, oh, the things you learn, right? And I thought... Look, it can't be so... So I'm going to give the spray gun to the cousins because that'll, that'll be fun. Anyway, long story short, we have, like, my parents' driveway ran on the other side of the fence. So we had our grass fence, their driveway. And it was a little white picket fence. It was white after I painted it. Uh, it was timber beforehand. And, and obviously, with a picket fence, you've got paling gap, paling gap, paling gap. And when, when you spray, you, you, you spray all the way across or kind of up and down. But what I failed to just didn't quite compute was that anything that didn't hit the, the timber was going to go through onto the driveway. And because I wasn't in control of the spray gun, uh, we managed to decorate uh, my parents' driveway in a lovely zebra crossing pattern. I feel like I helped them out. Now there's like a zebra. It's all right. It's faded away. I washed it. It didn't really stay for that long. But I learned a lot about painting a fence. And over time, I eventually hand-painted the whole thing, and it was done. It was great. And, and, it, and, then, and then we put these gates on because we wanted, we wanted to be able to open up, drive the car in now, all of that. And so then we had this lovely painted picket fence with these gates and a puppy um, who is just ridiculously affectionate. He was great. But I tell you this story because you know, we use fences or we use walls to, to keep stuff in. We use walls to protect what is inside, right? Uh, we put a fence around our property so that what we value is protected inside of the walls. There's stuff outside that could be dangerous. Uh, I have a fence around my chicken coop so the foxes can't get in, uh, right? Like the fence provides not just protection for the, the whatever is inside from randomly wandering into dangerous situations, but it protects any danger that is outside from coming in to what it is that we value and protect. Um, and, so, and so actually walls can be really significant. And, and so can gates, because if we just have walls all the time, we can't get in and out, and, and what we actually want to get in and out can't, right? So if we're going to have walls, we also have to have gates, 
okay? Um, nobody wants to be inside a wall with no gates. Uh, that is claustrophobia. So walls, to give you a bit of definition, let's just define them for a second. Walls are a clear boundary. They're a barrier. They provide protection and they provide separation. Gates are objects that allow things to come into the walled compound or to leave the protected area. So they are the things in which in and out occurs. Walls are these boundaries. And I've got, I've got my whiteboard up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully... Uh, draw in, in a way that you guys can see. This is going to be one of the great reasons why when you come to church, you should not sit up the back. Um, I do love all of you guys up the back. You're amazing, but you may not be able to see this morning. All right. Uh, we are going to try to throw it up on the screen, uh, but uh, we'll just, we'll see how we go. There we go. Fantastic. Can we have a round of applause for our AV team? They're, they're amazing, those guys. I dropped this on them yesterday. I called them all. I said, hey, listen, I'm thinking about doing some stuff on the whiteboard. Could you set it up? Could you get a camera happening? And, and, and they were able to do that. And that, that, that's, that's some of the blessed team that we have that people often don't see. So here we go. Well, Nehemiah, context, right? When we read Nehemiah, it's good to understand what's going on. The, the nation of Israel has been defeated uh, by, by, by the Babylonians, and all of the people that didn't die have been taken away. They're in, they're in captivity. They're in exile in another nation, right? Um, and there comes a point where, where Babylonia is overtaken by Persia, and then, and then there's, there's a point where we read King Artaxerxes, who was this Persian king, has allowed some of the Israelites to go back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Okay, now when Jerusalem was captured in the original takeover, uh, what happened was the walls were knocked down, the gates were burned, as you would expect if you've seen like Troy or, you know, any of those movies. It gives you a great pictorial context for the Bible. Um, and, so, and so they were allowed to go back. And, and actually, if we, if we understand, Nehemiah and the book of Ezra are related to very similar points. So Ezra looks at the rebuilding of the temple. Nehemiah looks at the rebuilding of the walls. And so what we have to understand, that I'm just going to do a big N, right? That's Nehemiah. Okay. If I do a squiggly, it's thicker. Is that good? Okay. All right. This is Jerusalem. And what we have to understand is that the walls of Jerusalem protected the temple in Jerusalem. And you see, the temple was the place in which uh, the Israelite people recognized as the place of God's presence. So the temple is where God is. The temple is where they would connect with God. The temple is where they would go and, 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 and related to God's presence is peace, is joy. And so what we have to understand right now from the book of Nehemiah is that the walls were critical for protecting the place of peace and joy. The walls were important for protecting the place where people connected with God. Right, it's critical to understand that out of Nehemiah. Um, otherwise... We miss how it's applicable to our life because we don't live in walled compounds, right? We, are, we, don't, we don't recognize, although church is a great place to connect with God, we no longer live the way the Israelites did, but we must go to a temple, uh, that we must have a priest go into a curtain with a sacrifice so that we can connect with God. No, no, Scripture is really clear. It tells us, right, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, so in the New Testament, in, this, in the new part of the Bible, the, not, not the history of the Israelites, the New Testament talks about the fact that because of what Jesus did, 
we now have the spirit within us. So if we shift from Nehemiah to, we'll go with H, humanity, right? If we go to humanity, we have to understand that, that there is still a temple. There is still a point in which God's presence resides. There is still a place in which we connect with God, with his presence. There is still a place where there is his peace and his joy, uh, except that that is now, and scripture would call it, our heart. Our heart. His spirit is now within us. We don't have to go anywhere to connect with him. He promises he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He is everywhere where we are. We have ultimate connectability with Christ. You thought your iPhone was the ultimate expression of connectability. It's not. Okay, the New Testament is the ultimate expression of connectability because Jesus has broken down every single wall, every single thing that was required for us to connect with God, and his spirit is now in us. We are the temple. So if the walls in the Old Testament were there to protect peace, joy, and the presence of God, maybe, just maybe, we should have similar things in our life. Maybe, just maybe, as humans, we have to recognize that it is imperative for us to have walls to protect our peace, our joy, and our connectability with God. Now, you need to understand something right from the beginning of this message. God's connectability is not up for, we can't, we can't suddenly do something and, and, and no longer connect with God. That's not the case. We're forgiven. His blood, Jesus' blood has covered that. We're good. But, but there are things, just like in a marriage, just like in a relationship, where, where you know, we, might, we might do something and suddenly we just don't feel connected. We're just not, we're just not vibing it. And you're like, oh, what's going on? And you have those conversations with your spouse where you're like, I miss you. Like, we haven't had that connection for a while. Now, the reality is God hasn't gone anywhere, but there is, there is things that affect our awareness of his presence. There are things that affect our awareness of our connection with God. Fundamentally, it hasn't changed, but we're human, and there's things that affect the way in which we perceive our connectability with God. And so... This morning, what I really want to talk about is the walls that we have, or maybe the walls that we should have. You know, people will tell us to let down your walls. Yeah, that's great. But some walls should be built up because we require walls for protection. We require walls to keep what we want in and to keep what we don't want in out. And this morning, we began the story with Nehemiah asking how the people had gone back to Jerusalem. He said, things are not going well. Why were the things not going well? Well, because the walls were down and the gates were burned. It actually says that they were in trouble and, and disgrace. I, I don't know about you, but I can fundamentally trace elements of trouble in my life, elements of, of, of things that I have, uh, that I have done, that, that in hindsight I look back and there is disgrace, and I'm like, why did I do that? And it's, it, it's in those times where I realize that, that there was a boundary that I used to have that, that I let fall down, or, or, or there was a wall that I have decided to cross over, and suddenly now I'm in trouble and disgrace. There is no difference between the, the practical expression of there being no walls and therefore the city being open and exposed to whoever wanted to come in and out and, and the temple being uh, exposed, then there is in our own lives when we don't have strategic walls, boundaries and barriers in our life to protect our life and, and to make sure that, that when the, the, the peace, the joy and the presence of God that we love 
having and interacting with, we, we need to protect that. Yeah. And I want to just very quickly talk about the fact that in the same way in Nehemiah, how each of the four walls had a distinct name, I kind of would like to name our walls, if that's all right. All right, there is, we have a spiritual wall. We have a physical wall. We have a mental wall. We have an emotional wall. And you know what? We can, any of these walls can be in disarray and we will lose our peace and our joy. We can, we can, we can be reading the Bible. We can be reading the Bible, but we got all kinds of crazy thoughts going on in our head. We're not taking every thought captive like Scripture tells us to, and we wonder why we have no peace, and we wonder why we have no joy, but there's a wall here that's got a gaping hole in it, and yeah, we might be building one wall, but there's another wall that needs to be built. And sometimes we don't like talking about this stuff in church because it's real practical. And too often, too often when we say, hey, there's some, there's some boundaries we need to have in our life. There's some things that, that we need to set in place in our life for the benefit of our inner man. There's some, there's some boundaries we need, to, we need to actually build in our life that we're not going to cross anymore. There's some places that we, know, we need to not go anymore. There's some people that, that aren't a great influence on our life. Young people, there's some friends that may not be a great influence on your life. And you need to understand that if you want to walk around with an awareness of the peace and the joy of Christ within you, just maybe you need to build a wall and be like, you know what, there's a boundary. I'm not going to cross that anymore. I know I want to, I'm just going to tell you some stories just about my own life. I, when, I, when I came to church, uh, I came straight out of the, the partying scene, the university party scene. My mum used to say I could have had a PhD in partying. And, um, and I tell you, you talk about you talk, the power of prayer. I, would, I, I 100% would not be here today, uh, whether we're talking in the church or just alive, if it wasn't for the prayers of my mum. But when I came back into church, I had a real issue with alcohol. Uh, I, used, I used to just, you know, I'd go to a party and I'd have no limit. Like, why would you have a limit when, like, I just, that, 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 wasn't, a, that wasn't a boundary in my world. It wasn't there. It didn't need to be in the life that I was living. And I remember being really challenged on it um, after a little while of being in church. And I remember, I remember coming to my brother and I said, hey, man, I get, like, I got I, I to deal with this. It's, it's starting to affect some areas in, I'm starting to get involved in, in, in youth ministry and these things, and, and it's just starting to affect that, and I, I need to deal with it. I need some help to build, build a wall. And we made a pact with each other. We made this pact. It was in January. I remember it was January, and we said, listen, we're going to keep each other accountable, and I, I'm not going to drink a drop of alcohol for six months. I need you to help me with that. And it was great. We'd go to parties together and, and Christian parties um, Surprisingly, there was still alcohol. I don't know what was going on there. Um, but we would go, and, and in the past, where, where, you know, I'd take a beer or something like that. hope this isn't too real for you. This is, this is like real life. We talk about real things in church. Um, but we'd encourage each other. We'd be like, we got each other tonight, right? We got each other. You, you know, like, when I, when I want to go, you just, you, you say, hey, Nate, we're not doing that. And vice versa, we helped each other. And when six months, it was great. In that six months, I'd build a wall. I'd build a barrier. I built a point of protection in my world, uh, and God reshaped my thinking around the concept of alcohol. He re- uh, I was reading a lot about it, and God did a work in my life as I was building uh, this, this fresh new wall, this barrier, this point of protection. Another one that he had to work on for me was, was language. 
You would not believe, but I, 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 used, to, I used to have really, really, really bad language. Uh, most of my adjectives were four letters long. Um, and again, I just, didn't, I just didn't realize there was anything, like I didn't realize God uh, in, in Scripture said don't use foul language. I, I didn't realize that that's in the Bible. And, uh, uh, but it is, and God challenged me on that. And so I, I similarly made this, this pact within this group and said, Lord, you guys have got to help me do this. I, I want there to be a tangible difference in my life that people are going to recognize. And I was working in, in, in a clothing store in, in Charlestown, and as I built this wall, it actually it, it did. It became recognizable, and people would be like, hey, why don't, why don't you swear anymore? And I'm like, well, let me tell you about why I don't. You know, I want to tell you, I, I, I found God. Like, he's real. He's awesome. Uh, I go to church. He's changing my life. And so, and so my wall help protect my peace and joy, but it, also, it, it was also this opportunity. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip real quick, real quick down this, but you got to understand we need walls. At the moment, Simo and I, Pastor Simo, we're talking about building a wall of sleep. You're talking about physical. You're, t- you're tired all the time. No, no, I know. It sounds funny, but, but sometimes our physical will impact our, our capacity to build spiritually. Sometimes we're just too tired to get up and read our, our word in the morning. Or sometimes we get up, and, and the Bible says that we should pray with an alert mind. But our mind is not alert, right? Like my, my mind is still back in 2 a.m. where I should be asleep. Um, and if I'm able to build a wall, a habit, a structure in my life that protects my inner man, it's beneficial in all spaces. So in the same way that one of these walls being down is detrimental in all spaces, uh, building each wall is also beneficial to all other spaces. We can, we, we, we're a whole being. We're not just one. We're not just spirit. We're actually body, spirit, mind, emotions. And we have to allow Christ to challenge us and to build us. And, and I want to end talking about gates but I want to say something. I want to say that, that we should never do something out of, out of religious compulsion. You see, in the same way that we don't live according to the temple anymore, we don't live according to the law, we live under grace. And grace is a really scary, big concept for a preacher to talk about. Because, because true grace is, is a complete release of me saying, you should, you have to. That's the language of the law. The only thing that it says in the New Testament that you should do is you should be born again. You should be born again. Beyond that, we're supposed to live this life in relationship. We're supposed to learn what it sounds like for God to say, hey, I don't think that's a great thing for you to do anymore. And I, I want to help you change that. You know, don't, don't suddenly do something because, because you know, a, a classic one, Rachel and I have a boundary in our life. We, we don't watch anything over MA. Uh, sorry, M. We don't watch anything over M. We, have, we just have a barrier. Okay, and that's something that God has, has, has challenged us on in our life. It's not something that you should pick up and copy. You need, you need to hear God talking to you about that so that when you begin to build that wall, you're standing on something that you have a conviction about, not just something that you have a, you have a desire to copy. Because copy is close to compulsion. Copy is close to doing it out of the wrong spirit. And you'll do it for a while, but then, but then because you never had the, the, the true why behind it, you'll let that go because it, it doesn't really mean anything. Okay, you, gotta, you have to listen to what God in relationship is saying to you. And he's going to be saying different things to different people. But the idea is we're in relationship with God. When he's speaking to us about an area in our life, we're like, okay, help me in that. And Nehemiah, as he, as he talks, he gets to the end of the wall, says the walls were built. 
And I said, it, is by, it was by the help of God that the walls were built. I said, we're never going to build effective walls on our own. It's just not going to happen. And any wall that we build, like in our own determination and strength, I'm just going to do it because I should. I tell you, you'll tear that wall down as quick as you put it up. If it's not based in a relationship with God. We learn a lot from Nehemiah. We learn the walls are built best in small groups. If you read chapter 3 of Nehemiah, you're going to find he, he puts his small groups points along the wall. Walls are built best in small groups. Walls are built best in V groups, right, where there is actual ownership of your life. There's this small relational community where you can talk about what God is saying to you. V groups are not just this, this part of the church. We're like, hey, get amongst. No, they're a vehicle for transformation. They're a vehicle where you can actually grow in your relationship with God. Nehemiah tells us that walls are built best one brick at a time. Don't try to suddenly change an entire area of your life overnight. At least the discouragement. At least the feeling like you don't have the power to do it. No, no, no. Build one brick at a time. Take six months and go, I'm going to work on this one aspect that God's challenging me on. And I'm going to do it, just, I'm just going to work at that one thing over this little period of time. And before you know it, there's a boundary, there's a barrier, there's a point of protection in your life. You used to cross it, and it used to bring trouble and, 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 and disgrace into your world. But you've worked at it with God, His Holy Spirit, the power to change. He's transforming the way you think about it. And before you know it, there's this, there's this barrier, there's this wall, there's this place of protection in your world. Nehemiah tells us that the rebuild always begins with someone asking how we're really doing and us being able to be honest in replying to that. And that's never going to happen in a big environment like this. No, that happens in the, the small relational environment of a group. That's why they're such beneficial things. How are you really doing? How are the people that went back to Jerusalem really doing? Oh, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They're in disgrace. The walls are down. The gates are gone. Lastly, we learn from Nehemiah that when we begin to build, opposition comes to try to stop us. Tries to distract us, discourage us, accuse us. And it's in that place we need support. So Nehemiah placed other people with weapons next to those that were building. Support, protection, encouragement that we, that we find within a small relational environment, like a V group. Don't try to build a wall on your own. Don't try to build a wall in isolation. Let someone into your world let someone support you. Let someone pray with you. Let someone encourage you. I've talked a lot about walls, but the reality is there's gates. Gates are, are, are areas that we let things in and out. Can I tell you, you have three gates in your world. You have your eyes, you have your ears, and you have your mouth. And these are the gates that are critical because we can build a wall, but if, if there's a gaping hole where there should be a gate, where, where we should be controlling. You see, gates are the spaces we have control over. Walls are rigid, but gates give us control. And we have to sometimes make a decision. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen to that. I, I can tell you straight out, I'm not here saying you shouldn't listen to NXFM or anything like that, but I will tell you that I can tell when I've listened to too much of it. I can feel it in my spirit. This isn't, the peace just isn't there. The joy is just, it's just not, not, not as real as it was. We need to be careful what we listen to. Young people, you need to be careful what, you, what your friends show you on their phone. 
We need to be careful that we don't allow culture to dictate our gates. Culture says everybody should watch this show. Well, I have a boundary that says I'm not going to, so I no longer have to have an opinion on that. It protects me. It protects my spirit. It protects my soul. You know, we don't, we don't try to be consecrated anymore. We are consecrated. But we need to live like we believe that. We want to protect the fact that we've been made holy by the cost of someone's blood. Jesus. He shed it so we could be holy. I would like to try to protect that holiness in my world because I believe it honors God, because I believe it gives glory to Jesus. And sometimes we do need to make hard decisions. Sometimes we do need to be like, I'm not going to say that because when I let that out, that's going to do damage to someone's world. I'm going to be an encourager with my words. I'm not going to tear people down. And we have two gates that go in, eyes and ears. We have one gate that comes out. And we do. We need to be careful about our speech. Maybe the Lord is challenging you about certain words you use. He did it with me. He can do it with you. Yeah, it's practical. I want to pray for some people this morning. I know that we are over time, but I'm going to ask a couple of things to happen all at once as we wrap up. I know Jack's going to bring the, the containers down the front for those of you who haven't had an opportunity to give towards vision and you would like to do that. We're going to have some pastors next to those containers. They're going to pray for you as you, as you bring your offering. Pray a blessing on you. That's going to happen. The second thing that, that's going to happen this morning is I, I want to pray for some really specific people. I was preparing this. God began to speak to me. He says, there's people here this morning. You've watched some stuff and there's some images in your mind and they're going around and around. You can't get rid of them. Things to do with, you watch like, like horror films and I used to all the time and I had, to, I had to get those pictures out. But you've watched horror films and there's some images going around in your head and you can't get them out. We're going to pray because it's by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit that, that, that our minds are renewed. And the other one is, is to do with, you know, we live in a super heightened sexual world. And some of the stuff that's on TV wasn't on TV 10, 15 years ago. But we let this stuff in. We let this stuff in through ours. This, this, this overly sexualized stuff. And it, it rattles around in our mind. And, and it works to try to give us an incorrect perception of what God created for man and woman. And, and, and it rattles around. And some of you this morning are battling some, some really sexualized images that are rattling around. I'm sorry if I'm pushing on some real practical stuff right now. But... I just feel in my spirit that we need, to, we, need to, we need to go there this morning. Some of you are like, I really need prayer this morning to help me with my mouth. It's a gate that is constantly open. I feel I have no filter on what comes out of my mouth. There is negativity. There is all kinds of colorful language that comes out. And, and I would really like God this morning to help me do that. Help me put that gate back in place. It's those three things. If, if either of those three relate to you, please come down the front. I believe there is the power of God on this altar this morning. It looks like it's just a front row. It's not. This is an altar because it's where we lay ourselves before God. That's what makes it an altar. And lastly, I want to pray for anyone this morning who this is all new to you. You've maybe never heard of Jesus, but this morning you're hearing about the fact that there's a God. He loves you. You're sensing there's this there's a sense in the atmosphere. I'm telling you, that's, that's God. He's real. I've talked about Jesus, His Son. Well, 
His son came to earth. He died on a cross so you could have relationship with God. And if you would like to receive and accept the invitation that God has for you to have relationship with him because of his son, I would like to pray for you this morning. I'd like to pray that you would be able to acknowledge who God is, that you'd confess to him that you've lived your life according to your own will, your own desires, and you'd like to receive his forgiveness and begin a relationship with him. I would like to pray for you down the front if that's all right. And I know we're over time, I apologize. But if either of those things relate to you, please do not leave this morning without having some time with God, having a moment. Awesome. I'm going to hand back over to Pastor Simo. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.